RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio. On Reality Check Radio, we've talked about GE on a number of occasions. We've asked politicians what their stance on GE in New Zealand is. We've talked to scientists who've given us their opinions of what uh, GE is, means, downsides, not many upsides, I'd have to say. But anyway, we're going to talk GE right now with Claire Bleakley, who is from GE Free New Zealand. And Claire, welcome to RCR and welcome back to the country because you've been in Brazil. That's correct. Yes, absolutely. And 17 was, days of bliss. Yeah, I know what you mean. I love Brazil. I've been there myself, fell in love with it, going back for sure. So what were you there doing? I was part of an international delegation of 20 countries uh, from Japan, Canada, Brazil, Argentina, Chile, uh, New Zealand, and Europe, plus a few other people to bolster it up. Uh, we went there to stop the GE trees. Brazil has just approved the planting of GE trees and how New Zealand or how I got involved as president of GE Free New Zealand was that the um, eucalypts were first developed in Horizon 2 in Titeco, New Zealand. Really? Yep. Okay. So um, what happened was a, a, an organisation called Rubicon, first of all, started it. Arbogen bought it out saying, oh, great, we've now got a monopoly on GE trees, these eucalypts. So they then exported around about 500,000 little cell cultures and seedlings back to America. However, it we aren't quite sure whether it's still going on because this was done by a private company and we can't get any OIA out of them directly. Right. Only can we do it from our Crown Research Institutes like Scion. So we've got lots of information on GE trees from Scion, but not on the eucalypts from Horizon 2. And what are the GE modifications we're, we're talking about? Do we know? Yes. Um, they are... Low lignin, which makes the trees really sappy, uh, reproductive changes, but also um, they some of them, there were lots of slightly different, there were 98 different type traits put in. Some were for uh, resistance to insects, which means that they would produce an insecticide that would kill insects. Um, we uh, and and let's remember that insects are part of the, ecosystem right ecosystem. they're not there for no reason so let's no. remember that yep and so uh at, at this so what has what they found was they've actually been able to develop through crossing these naturally sappy low lignin trees so firstly why have ge um and then the amount of pesticides that are being used to compensate for the pests that are in the Amazon and all this area are so bad that they don't even bother to turn the aerial spraying off between the plantations of little indigenous 
landless workers and Kiambola people. So they just fly right over them with this stuff pouring out and it lands yep. on them and everything around. And and all their crops and everything. And of course, these are beautiful agroecological crops that are being grown without pesticides, without GE, none of this. Um, and so what what actually we saw was a wee a wee um uh, indigenous plantation uh, of 450 hectares. These people used to live on the river and a big company came in and said, we want to dam the river and we're going to move you. So they've moved these indigenous people into the middle of the Cerrado, which is a savanna uh, very close to the Amazon. And... Um, they have lost all their culture. They've lost the the their food from the river, but they have are surrounded by two million plant a uh, two million hectares plantation of eucalypts. Oh, and so this courtesy of us, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, it's just horrific. Love from New Zealand. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hopefully, the main development was done in the US. Oh, but yeah. if you have a read of of when Arbogen did it, they said, you know, we're going to move off to New Zealand. New Ze it's been sold to Hugh Fletcher uh, Consortium, and we're moving offshore and concentrating on Brazil. So why why why, um, why is Brazil doing this? Because they know that they have an incredible wilderness that is important to the world. They have you know, so many indigenous people scattered everywhere, and I've seen them myself on the Amazon River, and they live probably mostly like they have for a long time. There's awareness of that, but that doesn't seem to matter, right? What I'm very proud of within New Zealand is that um, Māori have got a voice over here, you know. I'm very proud that we have been able to maintain that voice and whether we like it or not, I believe that it's very, very important that we do redress the issues of land loss over here. When I see the way that the Bolsonaro government especially treated the Indigenous natives, but also the people who weren't really business, they, what we call the poorer people, the landless workers, they really almost, when you talk to these people, say they want us dead. They just want us out of the way. Um, and so there are 16 million hectares now of eucalypt plantations throughout Brazil. Um, there are something like the same amount of soy, GM soy, throughout Brazil and corn, I mean maize, uh, uh, yeah, corn is that it, it, corn in England is wheat, and they're also about to adopt GE wheat over there. Um, and they have GE uh, cotton um, and plantations which haven't yet been genetically engineered of um, sugarcane. Right. So at the moment, the whole of Brazil is becoming a as they called it, a toilet. It is cheap food that is exported to Europe, China, and back to America. 
Right. And they are literally raping and pillaging the land and not one Brazilian, unless they work there under slave labour conditions, will actually benefit from this. I went around Brazil, and when you go, you'll find the same. You can get the most amazing food, and there's no soy. And I said, what's happened to the soy? He said, we don't eat it. It's all exported. Really? So the food that we had where we were going was non-GE and mostly agroecologically farmed. So um, if you do... What we found was it was really the indigenous people, the landless people, and the Kiambola. Kiambola were the slaves brought over to Brazil to farm the land, help farm the land. And when when sort of Brazil got independence, um, they ran away and fa- founded their own little organized little place. Right. The worst part of this is that they don't have land title. So what happens is is, um, Suzano, who's a massive company, building the largest um, paper uh, mill in the world, they've come in and they are encroaching on state land as well as this indigenous land that doesn't have title. So that is really horrific. So they I mean, can just bowl in. They yeah. are bowling in. It's yeah. not they can. Oh, okay. Well, um, they are. Yeah. They're, they're doing it. But what's happening is where they're bowling in is where there is rivers and stuff, and they're drying up because, of course, eucalypts will take up to a 1,000 litres right. out of the soil in a daytime. And you're talking uh, about millions of trees all up, right? Well, if you look at 16 million hectares That's a lot. <laughs> of trees, yeah. you literally, when you fly over, you just see these, you just see like desert. They call them the green deserts. They right. are just expanses. It's horrific. But the pesticides that they're using, the water's drying up. There's ill health because of the drift of these pesticides. And, of course, they're landless. And so... From day to day, they don't know if they'll be thrown off by these big corporations. Wow. Okay. Um, One of the things that has occurred to me in talking to people about GE on this program is that you you kind of get a feeling that there's an obsession for it, you know, um, and the rhetoric is, well, you know, um, we're Luddites if we don't, uh, we're not part of this, we're a food um, supplying nation. Um, we need to have our arms around this and be utilizing everything we can to maximize production and yada, yada, yada. Why do you think there is such an obsession with GE when we don't actually know much? And there is, you know, the, the risk mitigation really doesn't seem to be there because no one knows how this is going to turn out in the end, yet people bowl on with it regardless. Can we explain where that comes from? I I myself um, feel that there is no science based around this bowling on with GMOs or GE. We've, if you go back to 1995 when we first heard about transgenics and GE, hmm. almost word for word the rhetoric is the same as what it is today. However, if you look at New Zealand 
uh, our legislation has never, ever stopped anybody from applying to have GE. However, what it does require is a step-by-step process to show that it will not harm the environment or the health of people. What has happened is we've had around about 10 trials on genetic engineering in this country. Every single one has failed, has has failed and has had or had no, uh, has been in such bad breaches that they've had to close down. There are two remaining trials. One is on GM animals, and I have to be quite proud of this. Um, we took a, I took a court case in the very early days in 1999 because they were just going to release these animals one, and there was going to be no science taken of them. What, what animals were they? What These were cows, sheep, right. goats, all domestic animals at Ag Research at Ruakura. And what we got out of uh, Irma at that stage, that's now the EPA, was that uh, they had to do an annual report on on the health and safety and bloods and everything of all the animals. So I actually, um, we we won that, that case, but we didn't win it not happening. This was to produce pharmaceuticals in the milk of cows. Over these 50, uh, was it 23 years now, we have found that those cows have suffered cruelly. They've suffered from deformities, abortions, um, ill health, cancers, all of this, which they say that normal farm animals suffer from. I, as a farmer, have never, ever seen an animal with any of those things. It's, It's absolutely horrific. So that trial is sort of limping on supposedly until the animals die so that's a failure so they're still they're still using the animals the animals are still being farmed yes being farmed yeah they've moved now to sheep and goats and they've got a new little idea that they're going to genetically or gene edit the color coat of a frisian cow to be paler so it would be able to cope with the sun. It's oh, called so, a climate so can, change cow. It can be out in the sun more, is that what you're saying? Or? Well, I'm not sure. I think white might not be. <laughs> but anyway, it hasn't worked and none of the embryos. Who comes up with an idea like that? Well, what it is, is if we can do proof of concept, we can get money. And oh, okay. this is this thing. So so when you ask, what is it? What has happened is over the many years, uh, the EPA or IRMA has approved laboratory creation of GMOs. Now those GMOs need to get outside into the environment, but they also need to have safety testing done on them to ensure that. And so what's happening is these big people uh, like top, like at, like the National Party, they're instead of saying, let's keep it safe and see if we can make something safe, they're saying, no, no, let's deregulate everything. And so what will happen is New Zealand will bear the risk. And um, that, that's a, that just by the measure of common sense is a reckless attitude, surely. At, it's reckless and dangerous yeah. because at the moment, um, 
we are one of the most respected countries for our food in the world. Uh, what went to Brazil and all they could talk about was how we were clean and green and how they loved our food. <laughs> you know, yeah. we've yeah. got a uh, we've got a really good reputation overseas. The most concerning thing that I find is this GM ryegrass. It is a dismal failure. It as soon as it grows any big and it touches itself, it dies back. Huh? It. It, it has had a sesame gene put into it and a nasturtium gene, and it is... Isn't um, that a sea creature? A nasturtium? No, no, that's a plant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Forgive my ignorance. No, don't worry. <laughs> because, you know, you hear that, you know, frog genes are put in other animals and things like that, so it's just one. Yeah, those have never worked. Um, and the yields go down, everything goes down. But in this GE ryegrass, what is unbelievable is that we have a company in this country that is producing grass that gives us lower methane and better specs for animal husbandry than yep. this GE ryegrass. Yeah, so so it's not about the um, the benefits. It's about generating what? Intellectual property that can then be on sold, and that's, that's money. Follow it the is, money. There is another possible thing is I did go to a biotech conference a while ago where the big companies like Monsanto, Syngenta and all of those were talking about early adopters, middle adopters and resistors. And what I think they've specified is that Europe is a resistor. So they've looked at the early adopters. So they've got, they can't saturate that market anymore with their GMOs. Okay. So they've got to look to new markets. And the other thing they need to do is try and get as many markets as possible. So they have gone into Africa, where, uh, but and the countries they've gone into Africa are the main suppliers of Europe. Europe is very resistant. It has as good a laws as we do. In fact, they may be even more stringent. Um because they actually require, um, before they approve a food, actually safety testing, six, at least 90-day safety testing. We can just approve food and we don't have any safety testing whatsoever. But anyway, going back, I think they're looking at New Zealand, whose main market is um, the European market, a big market. And if, they, if we get GMOs, then Europe is going to find it difficulter and difficulter more and more difficult to actually source non-GMO product. So you put you, the the resistors, the Europeans, in a position where, okay, you can resist as much as you like, but good luck finding anything else. That's you're gonna, exactly you're right. You're going to have to yes. cave at some point. And the other thing too is we always hear of this word coexistence. Coexistence is where you can sort of farm GMOs and non-GMOs. Well, what the crops that have been genetically modified in the Americas, they're now the seed source of non-GMO and GMO are so contaminated that now they call around about 7% contamination as non-GMO. Okay, so there is no such thing kind of anymore as non-contaminated. Really. Only New Zealand doesn't. That's why uh, we, we actually... 
bulk up seed, non-GMO seed, for the Northern Hemisphere. Okay. We can't have that. <laughs> oh, no. That's <laughs> have what to I mean. that as well. Yeah. When you got together with those folks in Brazil from all around the world, um, were there any, was there any variation in thinking or were you all on the same page? What was it like sort of mixing with other people from other parts of the world with, oh. with you know, the, the same sort of, well, interest is a bit weak, um, passion? The, the people that we met were the people who were being crushed by politics and by big business, big corporations. They were the indigenous, the Kiambola, as I said, and the landless people. And the little oases that they had created were under incredible threat to the very exciting thing that the biggest organic rice uh, exports and production is actually done on some land by the landless pe- landless uh, MST, who are the landless workers. Right. Um, and it is organic, and it is the biggest in Brazil, the biggest um, rice, organic rice production. So all of this is under threat because, of course, as we've just touched on, really they, they're trying to get their GMOs, their patented stuff, their non-ability to save your own seed. Um, the um, GMOs will have been known, while well, in, in Brazil, to increase um, uh, the, their use by about 200%. Uh, but what's even more incredible is now they've got weeds that are resistant and insects that are resistant. And so there was something that came up saying they were about to genetically genetically modify insects to stop that resistance. I mean, we're talking here just ridiculous stuff because actually they don't want to admit that GMOs, gene editing, all of this is a dismal failure. They'd much rather risk everything. Well, it's a little bit. It's a little bit like what we've just been through. If we say it long and loud enough, hopefully enough people will believe it, and those people who don't will be so ostracised that yep. they that you know it doesn't Beaten really matter. down into silence, basically. Um, conspiracy theorists, and in fact, I read in the paper. I've only just got back, so I'm a bit tired. But I read a thing by a guy called Luke Malpress. And he was starting to say that GMO was part of the anti-fluoride, anti-1080, anti-COVID brigade. Yeah. And I'm going, hang on, if you look at the science, if you really looked at the science, all of these things can be backed up. He's not interested in looking at the science. That's the problem. No, no, exactly. And, and mainstream media has been benefited by a lot of funds, I have to say, from... Oh, do you know that? Do do, do you know that? Uh, Let's just say um, I have been... I did, before I went away, just see how much the... um, what uh, democracy there, there's a, a fund for demo, you know democratic reporting oh that yeah the, uh, a lot the of government uh, funded, yes um, there know, is a lot of government funded fund, yeah. stuff yeah and I heard today that um that New Zealand was exemplary in its covid management but it has 
overheated the economy by spending too much <laughs> on trying to keep yeah, people that, afloat. That's why we're in a recession. Yeah, nice outcome. Yeah, really yeah. good. Yeah, yeah. Tick on that one. Yeah. The delegation but, that you were with, they were all from all places too. What was it like getting together with them? Oh, it was fantastic. Uh, the the thing that most came through with all the people we met, we met um, people from the uh, uh, parliament. Um, uh, we met the minister, f- uh, ministry aides from the environment, from rural agriculture, from the indigenous peoples, as well as from um, agrarian research. They all basically said, "Please put this out into the world." the concern of literally it's almost the removal, the, the total um, inability for the Indigenous people to live in a way that they want. Their lands are being stolen. Their waters are polluted. Their cultures have been lost. I mean, to a certain extent, it looks like the 1900s New Zealand. Um, and we've come a long, long way in in supporting um, the health of New Zealanders and Māori back to something that has equality and fairness. Okay, so here's the big question. Can any of this be stopped? I think ethically and morally we have a right to try and stop this. No, no, I know try. Try is one thing. Can it be? Because it seems like the freight train is coming down the track and it's going fast. Well, I I just noticed that there are some big companies like Tesco in this that are actually putting money into um, having nothing from the Amazon or the Cerrado that has destroyed the lungs okay, of well the world. Okay, well, that's some hope there. So I think what we need to do, uh, what, what we as a group did is we, we put a whole lot of um, – Condition, not conditions, requests to the government along the fact that they that the landless people need their lands back, that aerial pesticides must be stopped, that GMO trees must not be planted, um, and that Indigenous rights, people's rights, um, landless workers' rights should be respected and looked at. And we we are looking at possibly um, applying to our own embassies. We should all be writing to our embassies to say the concerns we have for these people. Hmm. It, it almost feels like there's a lot of playing God going on, <laughs> right? Well, we've. I must say science has got rid of God. And so by getting rid of God, who el- who takes his place? But to be so arrogant, yeah, that's a good question, to be so arrogant and to be reckless with it, to think you are that much of a genius that you can understand that level of complexity, anticipate anything that could come from your interfering in that and not, I, I you know, you normal person would lose sleep of what that could do to people long term. And you know the ecosystem we live in, but there doesn't that doesn't seem to matter. It's a, it's look, astounding when you think about it. When you actually look at what it is, 
is I think that this whole thing started that everybody was going to be an Alexander Fleming. They were going to be able to cure the world of everything. Well, nature, if they actually took time to actually study nature and actually realize that the earth is what protects us, the mm. ecosystems are what protect us. Uh, we met a little man who was saying that he had 40 beehives and he was making honey and able to sell it. Um, they um, then planted eucalypts and sprayed all around him. He has four beehives left and he's had to move them 20 kilometers away from where he lives just so he can preserve those last four. So we're killing our insects. And as you said at the very beginning, sorry. No, 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 but people are wondering why the bee population is collapsing. Hello. <laughs> Look, what what I read the other day is that they're going to do an AI bee, a little, a little bee. Oh, you see, here we go. God again. It's a robot them. bee. Yeah. What they want to do is collapse the ecosystem, make us so petrified of nature, and then they're going to step in and say, we've got the solution. Look, this is it. Problem, going, reaction, solution. That's the, Yep. And then we'll concrete the whole world and we'll become Star Wars and we'll be able to, you know, I mean, we are going to be looking at generations where those kind of Star Wars concrete um, cities, concrete world, if you look at some of those places, there's not a tree to be seen. Yeah. yeah. We are destroying our environment and our, our generations to come are going to have to clean up much more than the climate change or uh, I don't actually think, I think climate pollution is leading to so much dirt that the, the world is trying to clean itself by having these extremes. Um, yeah, well, it might just decide there's a, there's a problematic species. <laughs> And I think it's I think the gods, the science or the technicians who are in charge, I don't think they're scientists. The technicians in charge for me are the people who are actually running this world. Yeah. The technocrats. Yeah. All right. Well, it sounds like a, an incredible experience visiting Brazil as part of that international delegation. Thank you for kind of feeding back your experience to us and um, giving us that information. If people want to find out more, there's a GE Free website, I would imagine, is there? Yes, www.gefree.org.nz. Uh, yeah, and if you were to leave folk listening now with some kind of, um, you know, um, defining message, what would it be? Be aware, okay, we're aware, What? but do something, write to somebody. What do you suggest? Uh, I would suggest become informed. Uh, when you're buying, ensure that you don't buy GMOs. Yep. Stay GE free. Yep. And make sure that when anybody, uh, let's just say, don't vote for the parties that are going to lose. <laughs> well, that narrows up. it down already. <laughs> <laughs> right? Uh, yes. So we, we are getting to, I believe, we're getting to be quite narrow in who we do vote for, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, if there is anyone. Yeah, that's the thing. Well, thanks for coming on RCR. And um, uh, Thank let's, you, Paul. Uh, let's see what uh, the, the listeners have to say via our text 
and yep. email. There's always uh, feedback on on chats that we have here. Claire Bleakley of GE Free New Zealand. All the best, and we may chat Thank again you. sometime. Yes, yeah, stay GE Free. RCR with Paul Brennan, Reality Check Radio.